This episode is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. Join Thrive Market today and get $80 in free groceries by going to thrivemarket.com slash no meat. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. All right, Matt, I'm not going to do the big intro, but this is No Meat okay. Athlete Radio, and I am Doug Hay, and you are Matt Frazier. <laughs> okay. Uh, I like that. A little more subdued, but still a little deeper voice than usual. So I like it. I like the professionalism. And, yeah. You know, I think we have to add, uh, add our second title here, which is uh, ho- co-hosts of The Morning Show, the, yeah. the Plant-Based Morning Show. I think, I think we do need that. I mean, it feels like we're serious broadcasters now. Uh, I've I've been I have the sound effects this week. I I started printing off stories and highlighting them, marking them up, <laughs> yeah. bringing that to the desk. We're investing uh, in our lighting. Yeah, I know it's it's a real thing, and more importantly, we're doing doing it on a daily basis, averaging a, I'd say about half an hour per day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I think we're slowly getting better at the at the live experience. Uh, whether or not that makes us better at the live or at the podcast experience, I don't know. Uh, TBD, but. As people have probably noticed, we've been spending a lot of energy on that right now, the the plant-based morning show, which we're very, very close to launching the feed. I'll pretty soon be able to tell you how to find that. But if you're listening to this sometime in the future, just go to iTunes and look up plant-based morning show, and you will almost certainly find us there. Uh, or join us live on Instagram every morning at 11 a.m. Right. Eastern. Yeah, 11 a.m. Eastern on Instagram. Uh, you have to follow at nomadathlete underscore official or the compliment account, which is just compliment. Uh, that's what we've been going live from. So yeah, do that. Um, but yeah, we're still trying to still trying to put out No Athlete Radio episodes. We we certainly once this initial hurdle is passed, when it's just sort of difficult and we're learning this new format and a lot of energy going into it, um, I suspect things will return to something very close to normal here. Um, but for now, you know, running some extra interviews, sharing some lives, uh, and that kind of stuff. And uh, that's what is going on today um, with our our colleague Matt Tolman interviewing Doug Evans. Uh, author of the Power of Sprouts, is that the name of the book, Doug? Did I get that right? No, yep. the Sprout Book. The Sprout, the Sprout Book. book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know, uh, in general, big sprouting guy. Um, but Doug, I believe you've uh, you've got some weekend update for us. <laughs> yeah, we have a little weekend update here. I mean, breaking um, news weekend update. I'm not gonna play my sound effect because I don't do that on the podcast. That's a morning <laughs> show thing. You know, we tried that at one point. Um, <laughs> Did we? Yeah. That's, oh, I maybe it's just the cruise ship horn every time. I remember the cruise that. ship sound. Yep. Yeah, maybe that's so. Once all a year, we played one sound, <laughs> which is not, not quite trying it, but um, yeah. yeah. No. Uh, yes. Okay. So Katie is headed out of town for the weekend to have a little girls' trip, which means leaves me with our younger girls, our kids, uh, and uh, I. I don't know what it is, but I've just I've found that this always happens. If I'm by myself for a weekend, or if she leaves for a weekend, and I'm just taking care of the girls or whatever. Maybe it's the routines get shaken up. Maybe it's I lose my stability and my wife and partner. Uh, you know, maybe I don't know what it is, but I always flock to the junk food. And so I was uh, at the grocery store the other night trying to buy a bunch of stuff for the weekend to prepare for that, uh, and found mm-hmm. myself because we've been talking a lot about um, vegan, plant-based like fish products uh, or seafood yep. products. Um, yep. I found myself looking for those in the grocery store and found uh, some some plant-based fish fillets. Uh, and some plant-based crab cakes, uh, and I'm going to try those this weekend. Well, uh, the girls. What's interesting about this is the girls have, uh, my kids have never had that either of those flavors before. 
um because yeah. i've never had real fish and so like what are they gonna think i have no idea what am i gonna it think is very, it is very interesting uh I, I know I've had this theory, and I feel like I've repeated it several times about plant-based seafood. I don't think I've said it on the podcast. Like, I just think it's everyone reacts in this weird way. Like, ooh, why would you want plant-based seafood? Like, as if that's just totally different from plant-based, you know, beef or plant-based chicken. Uh, I don't know. It's like this different thing. People just think it's this gross thing. Um, but I suspect I haven't had much of it either. Almost none. Uh, maybe like twice. But I also got some good catch uh, or not good catch organic. Good catch seafood. I think is the name. Uh, not positive about that, but it's but they're vegan crab cakes. People say they're really mm-hmm. good. Uh, our friends from from Abbott's Butcher actually reached out and said that they were really good. Uh, so I'm pumped to try those and delve into the plant based seafood world. But yeah, I just I don't know. It's it's interesting. I'll be curious to hear what your daughters think because they don't have this association with seafood like right. being in some way gross that people have. Even non plant based people, I think, have this idea. You know, seafood if it goes bad, it's really bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so if they don't have that association, like what will they think of just the the seafood flavor that is on this yeah. thing? So who knows? And I, I, don't know I if... have no idea if these are any good at all, period, right? <laughs> like, right, sure. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting. I'm, I'm kind of I excited. I think the Gardein is good. I think people have, I think I've heard people say they make fish tacos with the Gardein fish mm-hmm. fillets, fillets. And, uh, and they like it. Yeah. But what I wonder is do these, in, in these plant-based seafoods, are they trying to inject some bit of fishiness? you know, via algae mm-hmm. or something. I think they are. I think I heard one that was like boasting omega-3 content uh, yeah. because, you know, you that's a nice thing about using algae oil. Like it's this weird thing that in complement, we always try to control the algae flavor. You don't want it to taste like algae. But right. if you're making fish, like it's kind of convenient that the fishy flavor is also a really healthy ingredient, the DHA EPA, uh, if, you use, if you use algae to make it. Uh, so I don't know, but you know, too much of that and then it does taste like gross seafood. So <laughs> interesting how that will go. I want to go back though, Doug, to the to the thing about the parenting, because I do the same thing, uh, <laughs> and like it's like when Aaron goes away, it's like this excuse to like, I guess position yourself as the fun parent who yeah, gives may, all this, maybe that's what it all is. Stuff. Yeah. So do you think do you think when you go away, does Katie do the same thing? <laughs> do she the go same into thing. this, and is it this contest of who can who can give the junkiest best food and be the best parent? <laughs> I don't know, but we're going to eat a lot of junk food. We're going to stay up late watching movies, and we're going to go to snow cone places every day. So, Right. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I suspect. I don't know I about suspect, that. But. <laughs> well, I mean, I do have to do more of that stuff. Like, I don't enforce bedtime the way we do. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if it's just that Aaron and Katie are more responsible than we are. And, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I do it because it's easier. Like, if, it, if you just don't have to, like, make a dinner and you just use junk food instead, or you don't have to right. tell people to go to bed, and everyone just kind of goes to bed when they fall asleep on the couch— uh it's just easier <laughs> so i think i tend to just sort of ease up and like take it easy myself um yeah not yeah. not because you know not because, it, but also yeah. like like they still really miss katie uh, you know i mean your kids are a little bit older i'm sure they miss aaron too but like yeah you know, you know it's a big day it's a big deal for katie to go away for the weekend so you know like treat him a little bit and right you know, so you something different and fun and that makes sense yeah Good. All right. maybe, maybe it's just me that this is Katie a lot. Once <laughs> <laughs> the treats. I don't know. Well, see. well, I definitely appreciate it because I, I really do think if like if I were the single parent and and it was up to me, I'm pretty sure we would have way worse health habits and disciplines and things. So, you know, it may be fun to to go off the rails a bit when when Aaron goes away, but uh I don't know. It's I don't like to imagine what it would be like if it was just me. It would it would not be uh we wouldn't have as good habits for sure. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get to our interview then with Doug Evans. And, yeah, uh, let's do it. Talk to everyone soon. All right. Doug Evans, thank you so much. Welcome to the No Meat Athlete Radio 
Um, we are so excited to have you because this is going to be a really wide ranging conversation. Um, obviously, you've done a lot of things that are near and dear to my heart as an entrepreneur, um, but you're also uh, an expert in, in health and healthy eating. Um, and you have a new book out called The Sprout Book, um, which I, I just looked at the front cover and I saw that uh, you've got um, blurbs from everyone from Bonnie Hari of foodbay.com, Jesse Itzler, who I love. Um, you've got uh, a friend of um, the podcast, Brian Wendell, who, of course, uh, is the founder of Forks Over Knives. Likewise, Dean Ornish, David Avocado Wolf. It's like Deepak Chopra. You've got a who's who of health and healing, really. Um, so I'm really excited to get into the contents of this new work. But first and foremost, thank you so much for, for making time to join us today. My pleasure. My pleasure, Matt. I think what you're doing, uh, No Meat Athletes, says it all, right? That Because athletes are the example for health, right? So a No Meat Athlete is really saying that's, that an athlete can be healthy by eating plants. So, you know, ten, I tend to speak almost exclusively in the positive, but the way that you use no meat really like drives it home. So I support that. Awesome. Well, and it's, and it's catchy, which, you know, we like, but, <laughs> but I'm with you on, on positive thinking and positive speaking. I have a friend um, who doesn't refer to autumn, the season autumn as fall, because fall has a negative connotation. So he even goes so far as to say, you know, I prefer to say autumn instead of fall. I'm, I'm curious, we're going to get a little bit more into your background and everything else. But since you brought it up, exclusively speaking in the positive, I'm curious if you can just go into a little bit of your philosophy in that uh, on that note. And um, likewise, uh, I'd love for you to speak to how did you get your, how did you retrain your mind or your thought process, your patterns of speech to do that? Because I struggle with that to be, to be entirely honest. I, I, I aspire to it, but I struggle with it. I think it, it has to be with setting your emotional state. So if you think about things in a, in polarity, you can either have scarcity or abundance. And you can attract in your life what you want far more enthusiastically than avoiding what you don't want. So it, some people, you know, just imagine walking on ice. Someone could say, don't fall, don't fall. And you may very well fall. If someone says, be careful. It's tuning your brain into a state of, of being careful and be safe. So that was one example. I think in terms of the manifestation of, of things with language, I really, I don't believe, I don't practice mantra. I, what I do practice is reading things that are uplifting enthusiastic and aspiring. So then it's just a matter of discipline of what do I want? What do I want to achieve today? 
And it's interesting coming on this podcast, you know, I looked on Apple podcasts. I said, Oh, what podcast do I want to be on? I go, Oh, no meat athlete. I like this, this one, this looks great. And I just sent a DM and within literally less than one week, here we are recording this podcast. So that is a level of, of putting something out there and achieving it. And if we were to simplify that to saying, I want to make enough money to pay my rent, right? Then you ask your, your brain says, well, how do I make money so I could pay my rent? If you say, oh my God, I'm going to get evicted. How do I not get evicted? How do I not get evicted? Like you're in this case of, of downward spiraling as opposed to training your brain of what you want. And I'm very clear what I want. And then I, I adjust every time I deviate that. I make mistakes. And every mistake for me is an identified mistake. And if I can identify the mistake, to me, that's a success. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm a big fan of, well, everything you just said. But in particular, I think I might have picked it up from Tony Robbins that uh, um, there's no such thing as a as a failure, there's results, right? And you might not get the result that you're looking for, but it's okay because you learned that, you know, what you did didn't get the result. And so you're one step further towards getting whatever that desired outcome, you know, might be. So I love, I love that thinking. Um, and I want to come back to it as maybe we, we can uh, separate this, this conversation into two areas. One, um, Maybe we'll talk a little bit about health and healing and and your new book, and then we'll see how that that plays into hopefully naturally into your entrepreneurial career. Um, so I'd love to you know maybe ask you to to build up to this new book by taking us back. You were an early pioneer in the in the natural food movement. Um, I think it was two thousand two that you co-founded Organic Avenue, which was one of the first plant-based retail chains in the country. Um, I think that was in New York. I might have even been there many years yeah. ago. Um, but tell us what what got you there? What what happened before 2002 that that led you to this lifestyle? And obviously, being so passionate about this lifestyle that you wanted to take some risk and and try to share that with the world by creating um, this retail store. Yeah, I mean, the thing for me is that I grew up a very hard life um, as, a, as a juvenile, as a teenager, um, growing up in the streets of New York City. I never went to college. I joined the US Army when I was 17 years old. And when I got out of the Army, I was very disciplined and I wanted to learn and I wanted to make money. And um, I worked you know, very hard until I was about 33 years old. And I finally was making some money and life was somewhat getting easy, but I wasn't that healthy. I was about 35, 36 pounds heavier. But then my immediate family started to have apocalyptical health challenges. My aunt got diabetes. They chopped off her feet below her ankles. And then she died with complications with diabetes. 
My uncle died of heart disease. My mother died of stomach cancer. My father died of heart disease. And my older brother developed type two diabetes, became overweight, then obese, and had the first of three strokes and a heart attack. And these were everyone around me. And I thought perhaps I was DNA challenged, that I was cursed and that I would die a very early painful death. Like that's what I really thought. And they say, when the student is ready, the teacher will come. Well, I was exposed to someone who was 100% plant-based. Um, and it was the first vegan that I met in 1999. And she told me it had nothing to do with my genes, that it was all my lifestyle, that I was living a toxic, carcinogenic, heart disease-laden lifestyle. And I was like scratching my head saying, well, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And then, you know, I go deep. I started to read. And within a two-week period, I went from eating anything to vegetarian to vegan and raw vegan. And today, my diet is still fruit, raw fruits, raw vegetables, and my vegetables are predominantly sprouts. So I'm eating fruits and sprouts with some seaweed and algae. And that's my life. And I've been that way for 23 years now. Wow. That's awesome. Um, there's so much to dig into there. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're eating uh, seaweeds and algae. I'm, I'm curious, is, he, is this kind of a, a, a ground powder form? Um, or is this zero processing? You're literally eating, you know, the, the algae, algae goo. Like I would say I'm the algae that I'm eating is predominantly seaweeds and it's nori leaves um, and kelp and um, other seaweeds. Um, so I wish I could be getting algae. At one point I was drinking um, droplets of marine phytoplankton. Um, but right now, um, that's what I'm eating for the algaes is seaweed. And I'll just take a moment to really give you a compliment, no pun intended, <laughs> that your products are really high integrity. Like I look at them and like they're really clean and high integrity from the protein powders and the green powders. And I just want to say that you're doing it in a way where the lights are on and you're transparent and clear. And that's very rare. It, it is unfortunately rare in the supplement industry. And, and I appreciate the compliment, pun intended that time, I guess. Uh, um, I wasn't even sure that you were aware of our sister brand. And yeah, I can just attest to the fact that you know, our standard is it's got to be good enough to give to our family because, you know, most of us on the team have loved ones and most of us have kids who are currently taking our products. And so for us, it's not a theoretical thing. It's not about looking good. It's not about branding. You know, it's about 
hey, like, I no, I'm I'm not going to accept that because I'm giving it to my two-year-old, my three-year-old, right? <laughs> my 11-year-old in the case of my my partner, Matt Frazier. So in any event, thank you so much for, for the kind words. Obviously, as you guessed, that's why I was curious about um, the algae. It sounds like you're you're obviously taking a very evidence-based, a very thoughtful approach to your, would you call it like a, a modified fruitarian diet? And it's, it's amazing you've maintained that for, for 23 years. I mean, I would describe it as whole food, plant-based, raw. Okay. Right. And, and if I were to add a little bit of, you know, bling to it, I would say living foods. Like I'm a huge proponent of living foods and I've gone on extended stretches of eating all living foods, right? From predominantly sprouts. And I, I can't wait it. I'm like chomping at the bit mat to dig into sprouts. But, you know, I meditated today, so I have patience. Um, but yeah, I really love, you know, whole food living um, lifestyle. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, everyone. Matt and Doug here. We're going to interrupt the interview quickly to pause for a second to thank Thrive Market, our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. They carry all of your favorite clean, nutritious brands that don't clean out your wallet. Shop everything from ethically sourced pantry essentials to non-toxic cleaning supplies and beauty products. And if you find a price lower elsewhere, they'll even match it. Each and every item is vetted by Thrive Market's high standards, so you get the highest quality products at the best price. Plus, you can easily shop by diet and value, like vegan, keto, low-sugar, zero-waste, non-GMO, fair trade certified, all the options. You, there's over 100, over 100 for you to sort by around 100. Not only can you find all your grocery items in one affordable place, but Thrive Market's fast and free carbon neutral shipping also helps our planet. Matt, I mean, we, we love Thrive Market around here. We do. I just keep ordering the same stuff, so I have nothing new to add to, to the ad. I keep getting <laughs> coconut water. They were but out of coconut so water great, for a long right? time. Is you like, it like remembers everything. You just hit a button and it like right. literally you can re, reorder everything. Exactly. So we they, they ran out of coconut water for a bit, probably because I was buying so much, and now they're back, and I've been just drinking probably too much coconut water, honestly. Uh, <laughs> and, and the Louisville, Louisville vegan jerky is always a hit. Yep. And we, we get a lot of pastas and uh, sauces and salsas and all that stuff. We just, all the pantry staples, we, we just pile them in to the Thrive Market shopping cart. Join Thrive Market today and get $80 in free groceries. That's thrivemarket.com slash no meat to get $80 in free groceries. That's thrivemarket.com slash no meat, thrivemarket.com slash no meat. All right. Thanks, everybody. And let's get back to the interview. Well, let's not, uh, let's not delay any further. Um, I, I think we'll talk a lot about sprouts. Um, I think you have a lot to say about it. And it is an just infinitely interesting topic. But let's get into the basics of, you know, living foods. Um, I think most of the folks in our community understand that Cheetos is not a living food, right? A sweet potato before you cook it is a living food. But I'd love for you to give us give us the primer uh, or maybe, maybe you know, it's not the 101 course, but maybe it's the 201 course. Because again, you know, we, we kind of get, we get it, but like, why should we care? And what are 
to you, you know, in practical terms, if one wanted to try to introduce more living foods into their diet, what, what would you say is the cutoff, right? Because obviously, you know, a lot of us have been to Matthew Kenny's restaurants, like, no, you can't heat past 67 degrees, you know, like, I'm just curious if you can give us, you know, a quick primer on to why should we care about living foods and how to make it practical for the everyday listener who wants to introduce more living foods into their diet? So when, when I made this shift in 1999, it was relatively early. And you mentioned Matthew Kenny, um, who's a friend, him and the bad vegan Sarma took raw food classes in my living room. Like we were teaching them raw food in our living room. And back in, they probably came 2000, 2001, two. Um, and what, what I wanted to eat were things that were fresh, that were ripe, that were organic, and that were fruits, vegetables, seeds, nuts, seaweeds, algae, sprouts, grasses. And when you apply fire or heat to these things, the first thing that goes is the water molecules evaporate. And then the plant structure, like very obvious, and you and I were talking before the show started, we talked about vitamin C. When you cook green vegetables, one of the first vitamins that goes are the green, are, are the vitamin C. The vitamin C just goes. So there's a lot of vitamins in, that are highly sensitive to heat. So if we're thinking about our bodies being mostly water, we're thinking about being having more foreign DNA in our microbiome than human DNA, and feeding that microbiome is a priority, and the microbiome feeds on insoluble fiber. Well, animal products, um, meat, chicken, dairy, fish, have zero fiber in them. So for me, I'm aware of the need for both soluble and insoluble fiber. I want to have high concentrations of micronutrients and phytonutrients. And also, I don't drink a lot of water. I'm deriving my water from water-based fruits and vegetables. And so the process of, kick, of cooking or heating these, not in the fanciful way of kind of wanting to make things that simulate um, normal living, which is what happens at like the restaurants where they dehydrate things and they don't cook them above 120 degrees. And by the way, I love sprouted flax crackers. I love that raw food things. I moved to the desert uh, for my own self-isolation so that I would remove all temptation of this other food. Like I wanted to be kind of clean living, being three hours away, you know, from the nearest um, gourmet raw vegan restaurant. So that was a deliberate choice. So now what I eat 
is I love fruit. So I eat a lot of fruit and I eat a lot of sprouts. And to me, sprouts are vegetables. Most people think of sprouts as garnish or as a side <laughs> dish, right? And to me, sprouts are the main dish. They are the center of the plate. So I will frequently eat a entire bowl with three or four different kinds of sprouts and an avocado. And maybe if I have you know, some homemade sauerkraut, I'll add the sauerkraut to get more fermentation. And if I have, and you've, you may have seen this on my Instagram, I use nori as the wrap material to hold it all together, to add that crunchiness, to add the flavor, but also because the nori contains EPA and DHA and the flax and chia uh, predominantly have ALA. So if I want to round out and complete my medium chain fatty acids, my omega-3s, I will add the nori seaweed. Well, you are um, obviously uh, giving me all the warm and fuzzy feelings because you address the omega-3s. When I speak to anybody who eats a whole food plant-based diet, I'm always concerned about the omega-3 intake. So I'm glad to hear you incorporate that thoughtfully. Um, I, I mean that in all sincerity. Uh, I'm curious, one, one question, and then I want to get to sprouts because even for me, and I am a very strange person uh, in general, but especially when it comes to my food, my team uh, regularly makes fun of me because I rely largely on, I guess I'd, I'd be raw until 6 p.m. if I can coin a, a, a you know, a, a combination of a, a number of people's ideas. Because um, I just usually drink a giant uh, smoothie. Um, and that is, you know, literally I got cauliflower and broccoli and whatever kinds of greens in there. Um, in addition to fruits and it's just, it's 64 ounces and, and I get all those raw nutrients. Um, and, and that gets me through the whole day and kind of checks the box. And, and I certainly don't have the discipline that, that you do because, you know, then my dinner looks a little bit more like, uh, probably a, a typical whole food vegan, um, so with that in mind, I'm I'm curious two things. Uh, one, um, tell me about the the nutrition. Why why do you fill a big bowl of multiple types of sprouts as the centerpiece of your meal? Convince me that that's what I should be doing because it's intriguing. And second, just a minor question, I guess to, to start with, um, you said you don't drink a lot of water and you're deriving most of your hydration from uh the whole foods um I, I mean is that intentional or is it just by virtue of you you're never thirsty you're getting it all from what you eat and i'm just curious if there's something about water that that um you're purposefully not consuming uh well i think if i'm thirsty when i go for my run and i run in the mojave desert where the temperature is consistently over 100 degrees, as high as 120 degrees Fahrenheit, I fill up a camelback with three liters of water and I drink every drop of it. Um, in normal living, um, I wake up in the morning and I have a sip or two of water and then I soak in the hot springs 
And then I'm just working, um, you know, until around noon. And then by the time I'm thirsty, it's watermelon time. And I will eat an entire watermelon. You know, the filet of the watermelon may actually be two or three pounds of watermelon, which I'm estimating is pretty close to, you know, well over a quart of water in there, probably close to a quart and a half. So, so I'm getting water there. And then I'll have a whole honeydew melon or a cantaloupe. That's a lot of water. And then I'll have some berries. And then when it's late afternoon, I move into dinner time, salad time, which is sprout time for me. The sprouts are, you know, on weight basis, about 50% water. And so I don't drink water with a meal because I don't want to dilute the digestive fluids in my stomach. And so there's just not a lot of room for water outside of exercise for me. Got it. Fascinating. So, so tell me about sprouts. Yeah, so, <laughs> so sprouts to me used to be this garnish. I used to think of alfalfa sprouts and mung bean sprouts. And when I moved to the Mojave Desert and I'm hours away from quasi-civilization, Whole Foods, Matthew Kenny restaurants, like there's not even a Chipotle, you know, within an hour and a half of me. And so, so I, I, I'm meditating in the hot springs, looking at the stars, looking at the Milky Way, looking at galaxies that can be seen without a telescope, you know, in this dark sky that I live in, in the Mojave Desert. And that became um, really powerful. So I looked at um, what was available and I ordered all of these sprouting seeds. And I ordered these, you know, a dozen glass jars. And within a month, I was basically living on sprouts. And that's what led me to all those, you know, wonderful health professionals that you read off of the cover of my book. And people don't know Deepak Chopra is also a medical doctor. Um, and I asked them, and I was telling them what I was doing. And I asked them, what's your experience with sprouts? And some of the people were like preaching to the choir. Dean Ornish, Joel Kahn, Joel Furman, all plant-based, all like sprout heroes, right? My heroes, sprout heroes. But then when I spoke to um, Mark Hyman, he's more functional medicine, right? So he's plant forward, but he incorporates other stuff into it. And then I spoke to Josh Axe, Dr. Axe, and he wrote the keto book, but he also loved sprouts. And Mark Hyman loved sprouts. All these guys loved sprouts. And that was like eye-opening beyond belief for me. And I actually, that's what helped me write the book was the willingness of those heroes of mine, medical professionals, 
um, to support through their interviews in the book. So when I got that, then I went a little bit deeper because all of them loved Sprouts, but they all had a different story for who they were and what they were promoting out to the world. And none of them were promoting Sprouts except uh, tangentially. So when I went deep on the Sprouts, you know, these are my insights on Sprouts. Number one, Sprouts were vegetables, right? Number two, Sprouts contained every single vitamin, mineral, polyphenol, bioflavonoid, prebiotic, phytonutrient, micronutrient, macronutrient, um, soluble, insoluble fiber, antioxidant that you would find in the whole food plant-based diet. You could find those in sprouts. And that every sprout contained every amino acid to form a complete protein. Now, there are varying degrees to form higher amounts of, of proteins, but if you were to mix and match, you would be forming complete proteins. And then the third thing about sprouts, and I'm still in a little bit of disbelief, even though intellectually I know it's true, is that sprouts are medicine, that sprouts contain medicinal properties that have been researched, validated, and tested into a format that is probably the most potent plant medicine, non-psychedelic, non-psychoactive, but plant medicine for the brain, for opening up neural pathways, for creating heat shock proteins, for detoxifying benzene from the lungs, to killer can to killing cancer cells, to regulating insulin levels and diabetics, like all of this stuff was medicinal power of sprouts to both treat and reduce the symptoms of most major chronic and acute illnesses. There's a lot there. <laughs> yeah, I try to take a pause because if I don't, then um, the, the listeners won't be able to process it. Well, yeah, it's hard to, and, and I guess, um, let, let's, let's assume that the listeners, you know, is, uh, kind of incredulous. Like it's, it's just so hard to believe that sprouts can be so powerful, even though most of us probably have heard that sprouts are really powerful. Um, I'm curious if you can go deep into any of those topics or any of those, um, uh, capacities of sprouts to heal and just give us a little narrative, a story, an example, whatever, whatever comes to mind out of your book to, to help really drive the point home. Like how is it that a tiny little, you know, water filled crispy sprout thing that, you know, it's delicious, right. But most of us are only eating as a garnish can, can activate heat shock proteins, which, you know, I'm sitting in the sauna for 20, 30 minutes every day trying to do the same thing. And if I can do it with sprouts, that's an amazing thing. But you don't have to necessarily speak to, to heat shock because I, I want to make sure that we have at least a few minutes to get into 
more of your entrepreneurial journey and and kind of some of the um some of the comments you were making about you know manifesting and and really living the best life um uh so so maybe you can just give us one great example story narrative to really drive home and then obviously everyone can go find more in the sprout book yeah so i think it's pretty well known that cruciferous vegetables broccoli cauliflower kale have anti-cancer properties right i think that's pretty well known well one of my close friends was the um, researcher at johns hopkins university who was tasked about 25 years ago to finding which of those cruciferous vegetables had the most anti-cancer properties. And in his failed attempt to grow them in New England in the winter, he started to grow sprouts. And it turned out that broccoli sprouts had 20 to 100 times more of this anti-cancer compound called glucoraphanin in the seed and sprout than in the mature garden variety, store variety of broccoli. And if you were to peel back the onion and ask why, it turns out every seed has a finite dose of that in the seed. And as the plant matures, and as it gets bigger, it's clearly gaining more water weight. It's sequestering carbon from the atmosphere and creating more fiber, soluble and insoluble fiber. But the compound, the glucoraphanin, actually is getting diluted. So when you think about that across the board, if you think about alfalfa hay is what you feed a horse, if I were to give that to you, and you, you probably wouldn't eat mature alfalfa hay, right? Dried alfalfa grass, you wouldn't eat that. But alfalfa sprouts are this concentrated, bioavailable, tender, nutritionally packed vegetable. So, so that's like one area of the properties, the function of how the broccoli sprouts and the, the glucoraphanin turns into sulforaphane and then treats the mature vegetables. That's a whole other um, process we can or cannot get into. But I'm gonna just shift it for another one is that type two diabetes, adult onset diabetes, occurs frequently when one is overweight, when one is eating processed food, when one is eating refined food, and when one is eating high amounts of saturated fat or blocking insulin levels. And turns out sprouts are high in fiber high in water content, low in calories, and low in fat. So they are the perfect food for regulating insulin levels within diabetics. I would love 
to participate in a research study similar to the ones that were done on raw on 30 days where they take you know droves of people that are type 2 diabetics and lock them up and only feed them sprouts and living foods and just watch the weight shed watch the reversal of the diabetes watch them become medication free like i believe this in all of my heart and it's a process and it's one of the things that's motivating me to get this message out there um, because the this information is right in front of our eyes like it's right here it is so obvious but it is masked behind all of the marketing and the food engineering and the food science as well as the sophistication of the food companies to make foods that are highly addictive and also toxic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to add if you hadn't gotten there to the food addiction, because I think that's, you know, what a lot of people would struggle with. I mean, I, I of course, agree with you entirely. Um, I think one of the greatest tragedies we face uh, as a society is just how attainable some of these cures truly are. I mean, cures, not just preventions and treatments of some of the, you know, most devastating chronic diseases. Um, not all, of course, you know, um, but so many people could be healed if they were willing to engage in the lifestyle and particularly the the nutritional interventions that that obviously um, you're speaking to, but yeah, you know, they got to get over those those addictions, those habits that that hold them back. Which I'm going to use as the uh, as a springboard to talk a little bit more about your lifestyle, and your your habits, and um, the energy and the positivity that you you bring to each day. Um, but before I do that, I well, I guess it's related. Um, for those who aren't going to buy your book, which everyone should, but those who aren't, but they believe you and they are also wanting to tap in to the powerful nutrition of sprouts. What is the number one tip? You know, if I want to get started, cause it's just, it's intimidating. Right. And, and of course that's why you should go out and, and check out your book, the sprout book. Um, but for those who aren't going to where, where can we get information or what's your number one tip? How do we make this easy for people to tap in to this powerful nutrient source? I mean, one of the things about sprouts, and this is a great form, your questions, I really wish you were my pitcher when I was playing softball because I'd be hitting <laughs> home runs all the time. Um, so the magic of sprouts are that these seeds are complete living organisms that are in a dormant state. And within that seed contains the endosperm, the embryo, the testa, and something that cannot be seen or really measured, which is life force. They are alive. And they are 
intelligent. There is plant intelligence that when that seed is placed in the right environment, it will germinate. And maybe through evolution and in nature, the seed itself will go into the belly of a beast and that creature will digest it, the food all around it and the acids in the stomach over this period in the stomach will actually remove the phytic acid, trypsins, enzyme inhibitors. And then when the animal um, purges it and poops it out, it's fertile and ready to go and will subsequently germinate and grow into a vegetable. And that's part of this botany of desire of the plant's desire to fulfill its mission of replicating. And when we tap into that, we simulate the germination process through soaking the seeds. And one of the reasons I wrote the book is because there is indeed a lot of nuance, different types of seeds, different varieties, different sprouting methods, different durations for different um, seeds, varieties. But let's just take something as simple as a lentil. You soak the lentils overnight and then you rinse off the extra water and you leave the lentils inverted so that any remaining water that's in the jar is straining off. And 12 hours later, you rinse, strain again. The, that is the simple way of sprouting. And with, for example, lentils, the process of soaking and then sprouting the lentil will double the antioxidant levels, will triple the vitamin C, and will quadruple or greater the amount of fiber, the amount of volume. And this is done in days without soil, without sunshine, without fertilizer, without a fancy tray. This is all happening within a glass jar. Very cool. Well, I don't have it as elegant uh, segue from there. I could try, but probably take me a few minutes of meandering. So let me just brutally say, let's transition to back to your personal journey because you've started multiple businesses, but as you pointed out in your introduction, um, come from a, a, a difficult childhood, um, didn't go to college, joined the army at 17, but yet have have ended up in in what I'll call a, a really beautiful place in your life where um, you're now, you know, a, a multi-time entrepreneur, author, spreading this amazing message and also um, seem to have found a real peace and contentment with your, your life. So I guess I, I know we only have a, a very few minutes um, together left. So 
I'd love just to hear kind of uh, from that perspective, any advice or stories that you want to share with our community, because it's always so inspiring to, to see, you know, um, self-made uh, people of any sort, but particularly entrepreneurs, if you ask me, um, doing something and, and really, you know, giving back in, in such a, a really beautiful way. I think that life is only difficult when we live in a delusional state of ignoring some of the immutable laws of nature. <laughs> and if we accept the fact that we must pay a price to live in this body, right? There is a price we pay to live in this body. And I describe the body as the human transport vehicle for our spirit, for our soul, but we have to pay a price. And evolutionary times, the price was paid in terms of survival. Like you had to go harvest and carry and search for water, search for food. It was not as predictable as it is today just to be able to go to the store and have 30,000 options available at our fingertips so that we could go home and melt in a couch and stuff our face and overeat. So in, in our case, if we're not doing manual labor, then it's imperative to incorporate some sort of movement and exercise. There's no avoiding that. And that's probably half the equation of movement. And then the other half of the equation is recognizing that every cell in your body is constructed by what you eat, what you drink, what you think, how you sleep, shifts your body like a piece of clay like a piece of art. And the, this adage that you are what you eat is in part very true. Like you are an amalgamation of your consumption. So for me, I look at everything that I put in my mouth has to be worthy of my consumption. Like I just have super, super high standards. Now, some people have high standards for the Pokemon cards that they collect. And some people have high standards for the car that they'll drive. And some people have high standards for the clothes that they wear or the person that they date, right? So people have discretion. I don't know of anybody of my close inner circle that doesn't have high standards for one thing or another. Matt, what do you have high standards for? I'm not a good example because the list is long, but I think the, you know, uh, the larger premise, right, is that um, you, I'm a big fan of the Tony Robbins idea that, you know, you got to raise your standards because you might not always get what you want. But you always get 
your standard, what you need, right? When you set it as that baseline, this is a non-negotiable to your point, right? And so, you know, for me, <laughs> waking up early, you know, moving my body, getting, you know, real sunlight early in the mornings, right? Those are the non-negotiables. You know, that's that's my standard because it makes me a better person throughout the day, right? But like I said, my list goes on and on because I'm a um, somewhat intense individual. <laughs> what don't, let me ask a different, what don't you give a crap about? Oof, Doug, you're putting me on the, the spot here. Um, Cause there's not a lot, you know, like I say, I mean, I, I have a, a certain standard of excellence that I aspired to in almost every aspect of my life. So when you ask me, you know, what do I, what, what don't I give a crap about? I don't know that I can give you a quick answer and maybe not one that fits into the narrative you're trying to, to spin because, um, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm really brutal and really protective of my time and my happiness and my focus and, you know, because again, that that's what helps me show up as a dad of three as as you know, my father lives with me. So I have to run a multi-generational household and and be a good husband to my wife. And, you know, uh, and obviously, you know, we have a, a growing team and a huge community. So, you know, I, I care about everything. <laughs> like there's not a, you know, now I can be relaxed, right? I can go with the flow. Um, you know, and in that way, like, I, I don't care uh, about some of the little things, you know, I don't sweat the small stuff. But, but yeah, I, I, like I say, it's, it's hard for me to sit back and say, you know, I don't, I don't really care that my neighbors are mowing their lawn, right when I'm doing a podcast, I guess I don't give a crap about that. But hopefully, it's not too much background noise for you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll give you an example for me. I will, I have high standards for what my garments are made out of that I wear. So my wardrobe is, you know, additionally being all vegan, it's all organic, all natural fiber. Most of my clothes today come from industry of all nations where they're using organic cotton and they're using natural dyes like indigo blue, or they're doing color grown cotton. So they're actually growing the cotton into the colors that um, are wearing. They're not dyeing them after. And I just got a shirt from them three weeks ago where it's a blend of organic cotton and recycled organic denim and that's how they're getting the blue and for me i will wear those clothes through their natural life cycle and so if they get holes or tears i'll still wear them ahead of wearing something that is coming out of H&M or Nike or some other, you know, just quote unquote brand. And to someone who didn't know, they would be like, you know, not saying I look homeless, 
but they'd say like, oh, why don't you get your act together, get some better clothes, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. My standard is about organic and natural dyes, not about, you know, wanting to look GQ. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and that might go, you know, I might be pushing it a little bit where I might even wear one of those organic shirts or pants that might have a stain on them, might have a tear, and I don't give a hoot, right? I don't want my private parts being exposed, but other than that, I don't care. Okay, well, now you've reminded me that I actually share that in common with you, and it drives my wife nuts because I really don't care about my personal appearance many times i'm totally with you know i i also you know can play the other side um you know because i think that uh caring uh for how you look is a sign of respect for the people you're around depending on the situation you know i don't wear tennis shoes to a wedding for instance um but i probably would if i was allowed to (laughs) um Doug, I uh, honestly could talk to you for another three hours because it feels like we have just just scratched the surface of Sprouts um, and we didn't even get into your entrepreneurial journey. So I'm going to have to invite you back to uh, have a round two. And we're just going to focus on, you know, that positive mindset that's allowed you to to build businesses and write books and do everything else that you've done in your life. But um let me just say thank you so much for making time. And where can people find more about you? I, obviously, they can Google the Sprout book, but if they want to follow you, where, where where's the best place to connect? So the best place I would say is follow me on Instagram, Doug Evans, just my name, D-O-U-G-E-V-A-N-S. I just launched my TikTok account and it's going bananas. I've had 10 sprout videos go viral with over a million views. Um, so that's kind of wild. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, it's just, it's just like, I love communicating with that younger, you know, audience. And I love that it's resonating with them. And you could sign up for my newsletter at thesproutbook.com. Thesproutbook.com at Doug Evans on Instagram. And I think also on TikTok. I'm going to go follow you on TikTok. Oh, because TikTok, I'm trying... TikTok, if you type Doug Evans, you'll find me. My TikTok handle is called Sprout Wiz, W-I-Z. Sprout Wiz, got it. Okay, awesome. Well, um, admittedly, I got your book. Like you said, we just connected a week ago and I just got your book and I haven't made it all the way through, but you have certainly lit a fire under me that's a bad analogy because you know we want to keep it raw. So you have you have you have ignited a wellspring of of water. I don't know, but I I'm excited. I have germinated the there you go into You've, your heart and in your mind. That is that is absolutely true. Truly, that is, and I'm excited to get started. My, you'll be hearing from my wife when I cover our counters with sprouts so just you know forewarning you that she may not be as excited as i am but um me and the kids are gonna have fun uh doing some sprouting experiments this weekend so um doug thank you so much for sharing your passion and your wisdom 
with us. It's really been fun to talk to you. My pleasure, Matt. You're doing great things. I wish you a lot of abundance and success. And I know you're going to achieve all of your dreams, desires, and goals. 